Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Welcome, everybody. It is currently 1.20 on day two, technically, of VCon. I'm here with Shannon Snow. She is the COO of the World of Women, as you can see behind us. One of my favorite projects uh, in all of Web3, and we'll get to that in a little bit here. But let's find out a little bit more about Shannon. Shannon, did you, did you go to sleepaway camp as a kid? Did you go to day camp or any type of summer camp? I wanted to go to sleepaway camp. Thank you for asking me. I've been waiting to air this. I always wanted to go to camp. I have an older brother who's nine years older, so a lot of space in between. Almost had only child syndrome. Um, I wish I had gone. Why do you ask? Because this is as close as you're going to get to sleepaway camp. <laughs> so we call this V camp, right? That's, a, that's what's happening here. Because if you look around, everyone's happy and smiling. And they're seeing old friends. They're making new friends. And that's really what it's all about in community. And we'll get to that in a moment. And we're going to get to the meaning and the story of World of Women. But I want to talk about your journey, which I think is super unique and awesome. And for anyone who does not know Shannon out there, Shannon worked at two little companies. I think they're called Google and Meta. Um, What was your first job, though, out of school? My first job out of school, I went to school in Boston at Wellesley College. It's an all-women's college, which I do like to note because it's very pertinent to now being at World of Women. Do you like the dudes sneak in on the weekends? Is that how it worked there? Let's get some uh, inside baseball. It's a sister school to MIT, so there's a lot of action. But actually, how I ended up there is I went to a high school that had recently changed from being all-male to accepting women. And so after that experience, it was, it was great, but I was like, I just want to be at a place where they want to educate women. And that's how I ended up at Wellesley. Uh, so, yeah. And we're going we're gonna to see this thread uh, continue as we talk about Shannon's journey for a moment here. Um, Google. Let's talk about your time at Google. Was it always on your radar as a place you wanted to work? Or was it a dream company? Or how did you get into Google? So I was at Stanford. I was doing a master's degree. And... I had a lot of friends that were interested in it. Obviously, it was growing. Um, Larry and Sergey were actually spending some time on the grad school campus. Um, you know, obviously, Google was growing, so I definitely had an opportunity to meet Larry, like in the in the early days on the Google campus. Um, but I really loved what they were doing. Right, it seemed like a lot of the smart people were going over there. They were scaling and growing, and I kind of had a choice to make after I finished my degree. I studied communications. My goal was to be a journalist and have my career go that way. But one of the jobs I got was writing for Red Herring. It was a tech publication at the time. We would drive all around Silicon Valley and interview entrepreneurs and just learn about what they were building. And I just had this moment where I thought, okay, I could either write about this on the outside and learn about technology, or I could join a tech company and really learn from the inside. So I just chose to join Google and never look back. 
Do you remember your first day at Google? Were you, were you intimidated? Were you scared? Were you nervous? I ask this question a lot to professional athletes that I have on the show. What was that first moment walking out on the field? And you, and you, were, you, were, um, you were out in Cali? Which uh, office? Yeah, I was out in Cali, Mountain View campus, which was great because it was you know, right across the highway from Stanford. A lot of people would call it like Stanford on steroids. It's kind of a mix. You know, There was the bikes. There was the free food. It was kind of a Stanford mixed with Burning Man experience. Um, but... I wasn't nervous because I was just so excited. I love the brand so much. You know, I had taken some uh, web design classes in college, and I just, like, loved how simple they kept the design and easy. Um, but I did meet one of my best friends to this day in that line where you check in and you get all of your Google stuff. You get your badge. Right before I took my badge photo. Yeah, yeah, your Noogler. They get you a hat and everything. Um, my good, my, now my, like, one of my best friends was like, oh, yeah, make sure you look good in that photo because it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be on your internal ID. Um, I did not take her advice. I literally look like Wednesday from uh, Adam's family in that photo, and it stuck with me for over 10 years. We're going to have to pull up that photo. And how long did you spend at Google? I was there for over 11 years, actually. Oh, that's, that's, that's a long time, and that's about 30 years in, in dog years. But, but, Shannon, you think about what you do now, and we'll get to that in a moment. What was one of those lessons that you learned at Google that you apply now to how you build the brand and, and more importantly, how, how you manage and build the team and culture? I think on the tech side, the simplicity of how Google kept its design. That was one of the innovations, right? You just go. Clean and sharp. Page is so clean, and it's such an inspiration now because we're in that phase of Web3 where everything is really clunky. And we're trying to get to this place where we don't have as much friction, right? And I'm so inspired by how Google, like, they try to just keep it easy and accessible, right? Like, we kind of forget that. You know, accessibility is key. Right. Like, you know, it wasn't, the internet wasn't as pervasive as it is now, right? Like, we have so many more people who have technology, like, woven into what they do. But, you know, at that stage, you know, kind of in the, you know, 2004, 2005, 2006, right, we were still learning how to integrate technology into our lives. And I love that they just made it, like, we're doing simple colors. We're doing a simple search bar. Like, it's approachable. Like, you can interact with this, right? Um, and I think that that's what we are really trying to do um, from a world of women's standpoint in terms of making it acceptable and okay to be in this Web3 space. Because as a woman, as someone who's maybe coming from a diverse background that doesn't feel really native to the tech culture, you need that point of entry that says it's for you. Yeah, and we're going to get to that in a second because I think that's the beauty of the World of Women project is accessibility and onboarding. Um, but real quick, let's talk about your, your time at Meta. Back then it was called a little company called Facebook. What were some of those key takeaways from your time at Facebook, specifically around... Let's talk about it. Social media and getting the word out there. Yeah. So one of my first jobs at Meta was uh, leading a team called Disruptors, which we worked from Series B startups through Exit Stage. It was like an internal incubator? Internal incubator. We would give them marketing support, but the goal was to like plug them into the entire Meta ecosystem with the goal of having them become some of the most successful companies and, of course, customers. Um, and I think what I really learned is like so many of the entrepreneurs that were building and working with us in that program they were solving a problem. They were hyper-focused. They were super smart. But they were also really mission-driven. Because at the end of the day, if you are going to take that risk and not work at a big company and be an entrepreneur, a lot of times it's not just about the problem you're solving. It's like why you think that problem is important, why that's so critical for you as a leader. And I think that was one of the things that really inspired me to make the jump to WOW because ultimately, you know, all of this technology is going to keep improving. But the role that I wanted to play was showing the why, right? Like, why do we show up? 
And really why Brutal Women is here is because we didn't want to see the same stereotypes perpetuated in Web3 that we saw in Web2. Um, you know, that's why... And what, 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 are, what are some of those toxic themes um, that's happening in Web2? Well, that's happened for a long time in Web2. Well, I think even if you just look at the tool usage, right? Some of the communication tools that we have in Web3 are, you know, shockingly male-dominated. Like, if you look at Discord, I think 34% of Discord users are female, um, rest are male. And even Twitter, which is, you know, where the culture happens. I looked up the stats recently, and, and even in 2023, Twitter is only 32% women. And so even just entering and feeling like I'm going to have a conversation and am I looking to find people, of course you want to talk with a diverse group of people, but you also want to feel like you belong. And I think that when we're starting at this point where even the tools that we're using are totally out favored with the demographic that they were trying to reach, it's hard. It's that much harder to have an open conversation, to get a seat at the table when you're starting from so far behind. That's a fantastic perspective. So did you find World of Women or did they find you? I found World of Women. Um, I got caught by the Web3 bug, and of course it was really inspiring. What was your first NFT purchase? My first NFT, I think it was Women Rise. So I wasn't super early. I don't have an OG CryptoPunk in my wallet. Don't we wish? Don't we wish? So I was newer to the journey, and honestly, um, I was at... <laughs> you know, I was at... Facebook when it became meta, right? When we made that transition into the metaverse. And I started thinking a lot about what's the next generation of technology. And so obviously there was one view where it's like, this is going to be driven by VR, AR, metaverse, right? Then there's the view of, you know, maybe AI is going to drive the next uh, opportunities. And, you know, certainly in Web3, like we believe like ownership, creators is going to drive that. And so I, you know, as I began thinking about that more, I wanted to learn about what was happening in Web3 and really like the cultural trends. Um, started buying NFTs, especially ones that had social missions, joined World of Women. And then when I saw that the they needed a COO as they scaled, um, I put my hat in the ring because I knew that it was something I'd be happy and grateful to dedicate my time to. Hey, what's up, everybody? People ask me all the time, Adam, where do you get your alpha from every day in the Web3 space? And my go-to is The Daily Ralpha. The Daily Ralpha is the best newsletter about what's going on in the Web3, NFTs, and emerging tech world. Get market intel, drops to watch, early project finds, the hottest NFT art, news, jobs, tools, and more delivered directly to your inbox every day for absolutely free. Join over 85,000 people who get the Daily Ralpha and get everything they need to know in five minutes or less. It's like the morning brew or their skim of Web3 and more than 500 editions so far. I get this every day and so should you. Check it out and subscribe at dailyralpha.com. D-A-I-L-Y-R-A-L-P-H-A.com. Check it out. Do you have any reservations going from a insanely large, well-structured conglomerate organization to going to essentially a startup? Not at all. I mean, I think that what is, I think what it's really easy to lose sight of is even though I worked in big tech for so long, when I joined tech, it was really a mission-driven thing. It was like, we can really change lives with technology. Like the mission of Google was like, we are going to make information accessible to people through technology. And for me, it was always really mission-driven. Um, and so at the end of the day, I wasn't working in big tech because I wanted 
the security, the infrastructure, the resources, all that was amazing. For me, it was like, I think tech is going to change lives. I feel grateful that I have the opportunity to work in it. I want to have it change lives in a way that is meaningful and positive impact. And I saw that Google, I think, definitely you know, has made us have access for information way more. But then when we saw mobile and then we saw, you know, I would say that there's a lot of debate in terms of what was the impact on society with social media, right? It brought Positive, us- negative. But there were some downfalls. And so I thought that, you know, for me, it was like I'm always working on this side of using technology for good. And so this was just a natural next step. When you came over to World of Women, what was one of those first challenges that you took on that needed to be addressed? The biggest thing was the market moves really quickly, and we're seeing this now with creator royalties go down, right? You have to be very nimble and adaptable to how are you going to pace with these changes and how are you going to bring your community along? So a great example, right when I joined, you know, we really thought that the, you know, the next business model for a world of women was going to be digital fashion, right? I mean, we're a women's brand. I mean, we had beautiful derivatives. I mean, we still do, right? And I think that that is certainly like a portion of what we do and something that's exciting. But when we look at where metaverse technology is at, um, we're pretty far from interoperable metaverse where you can purchase a digital item and bring it wherever you go. So while I see that as something that we certainly are for and we will play a role in when it gets there, that can't be our 100% focus because we need to be able to serve our community, monetize, interact with the community where it's at now versus only building for that future that may be five or 10 years away. I mean, composability is definitely certainly a key element of Web3. For folks out there that are not familiar, how would I explain, Shannon, World of Women to my mom? What is World of Women? I always say, like, and no offense, Mom, I love you, but I call it, like, how would I explain something to my mom in this space? My mom's always like, what do you do for a living? I'm, I'm, by trade, I'm a recruiter. That's easy one. But even try to explain Web3. But let's talk a little bit about the brand. What does it stand for and what is the mission? I'm sure, she, I'm sure she's... Rosie. So, Rosie. Rosie Posey. World of Women is a community that believes, like you do, that women deserve a place on the table. How you access this community is you pick out an avatar. We have 10,000 diverse women of the WoW collection and even more in WoW Galaxy. You choose an avatar that resonates with you. You're able to purchase it, and it unlocks both the community and different experiences. We had a Madonna concert that your NFT unlocked a ticket to. We had a Purple Cup at Gala where we gave awards and celebrated people that were innovating in all different um, uh, disciplines that we share. Um, And it's... uh, a way for you to access whether it's in-person events, concerts, uh, communication channels like Discord. Um, and over time, you will be able to actually take that avatar and if you want, build a business around it. Eva Longoria took her wow. She created products with it because she owns the IP. And those products sold and she was able to raise money for a charity that she was passionate about. So if you want to do that, you can. If you don't, you can enjoy beautiful art with your community. Right. It opens up, it opens up a lot of doors. So for me, part of the big thing about my web journey and why I love supporting projects like the Tuttle Tribe and World of Women is for my daughter. And experiencing and bringing, she's turning 11. And this is how I onboard her. She just created her first wallet. With um with uh, Miss Cool Girls, uh, another fantastic project. They're a fantastic project out there. Talk to us a little bit about onboarding the younger generation and how World Women is taking that initiative to heart and moving it forward. 
We feel very passionate that if we don't onboard, we're not going to be able to expand. We're not going to be able to fulfill our mission. Um, so this is one of the core things that we're doing at WOW. We have a program called Let's Mint that teaches women and girls how to learn about NFTs, navigate the space, as well as mint their first NFT. And part of our goal with that is you start out really often learning art in school. You know, I think all of us remember being young, like learning how to create art. And what's so cool is as a natural extension, now you can create art in a digital way. And maybe that leads to, you know, actually creating your first NFT, maybe getting interested in technology. So we want art to be a gateway into that learning and empowerment. Because ultimately these things through some of the UI issues that make um, Web3 hard to access. But ultimately, if you know about the technology and you feel comfortable with it, maybe you can get a job in Web3. Maybe you can get a job in tech. Maybe you can um, expand your career opportunities. So we are scaling the Let's Mint program, which helps those women and girls on board. We've done some great activations, including with Ledger. We did a quest that allowed you to learn all about Web3 security. You answered an extremely detailed 30-point quiz. And then those that were selected actually got a World of Women branded ledger so that you can hold uh, and keep your crypto safe. What do you think the biggest hurdle right now is? Aside from the value, well, I should say the, the, the cost of ETH, the value of gas fees, um, but what's the biggest hurdle right now as far as onboarding the masses, the next wave into it? How do we get through like this bad PR rap out there? How, how are we going to combat this, Shannon? Well, we've really lost a lot of trust. I mean, I think that when we saw so many coins collapse, exposing a lot of bad behavior and certainly FTX. I mean, when I talk to my, you know, when I talk to my family about how it's going, they're like, FTX, like, are you okay? Right? Like, we are not creating an... Exactly. Some of the major moments that this industry have had have not built trust. And so we really need to build back from that. I think what is going to have a huge move on that, our program like the Starbucks Odyssey program where they're taking a use case, you know, coffee loyalty and then on the back end completely, uh, you know, behind what the user sees, you know, creating blockchain rewards that you can actually own and giving like a tangible example of what you can do when you really own uh, rewards that you have. And so I think as we see more brands figuring out how to make it simple as well as ownable for the average consumer, then I think that we'll be able to build back some of the trust that the industry lost. I don't think people necessarily need to know how the sausage is made, right? My mom, Rosie Posey, doesn't need to see how the sausage is made. She just wants to make sure that she's getting her coffee rewards. Um, Shannon, I, I deeply respect you and your journey and the brand you're building here. What advice would you give to my 11-year-old daughter as she grows up and matures and eventually gets into the workforce to remain confident, strong, uh, and be a powerful woman? That's such a great question. I just got emotional thinking about you coaching your daughter that way. I love it. I think the secret that I learned when I was at Google that really helped me be confident is even for an amazing company like Google that now we all know, that thing was built by kids that did not know what they were doing, that were making it up as they were going along. And I think a lot of times girls are, you know, are told or somehow learn, you know, not to be confident, that they need to look to someone else. And really the secret is no one knows the answer, but if you are passionate and are smart and you try, you will figure it out. And so I would say for her, you know, if she is passionate about something and she's persistent, uh, don't worry that someone else knows more than you. Like we all have things to learn. And if you keep that learner mindset, like you will be unstoppable. Shannon, I'm a tremendous fan of the brand, everything that building here. Shout out to your incredible team, the artists. What do we have happening right here? Chris, you want to pan on that for a second? What do we got? Actually, I'm 
hello. <laughs> we wanted to feature, like, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, uh, so I think uh, for your community lead, um, it's, uh, this is her world of women. And uh, awesome. so my name is Roxo. I'm an artist from Miami, Florida. I'm a muralist. And 305. 305. Uh, part of what I got into the Web3 space, my wife, uh, she gave me the co-sign to do this art full-time. Fast forward a year, uh, 2021, during Art Basel, now I'm here. Standing in front of you is, is beautiful, you know? Sick. I mean, Kashvi's wow is beautiful. She's such an icon in our community. I also live in the 305, so what yeah, up? <laughs> we should do a mural like this in Miami oh, with yeah. wows. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love it too. Inspire all the girls there to be like Kashvi and uh, enjoy the community. <laughs> and, and again, what we're seeing here too is collaboration and inspiration here. This is going to turn into hopefully a, a digital piece of Shannon. Let's let's bring it home here. And I, this show for me is my masterclass. And I learned on the way uh, having the ability to build relationships with incredible folks like yourself, awesome brands. Shannon, what is the single greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every day? It could be a mantra when you wake up in the morning, something you run through your head that keeps you focused, eye on the prize, and um, really your beacon. Okay, the true one, and I will get emotional. Please, please, that's what we do here, right? These are, but these are real conversations, and I appreciate that. And vulnerability. Sorry, I love having conversations because this is real. Like we're chatting, we're getting to know each other through the podcast, and vulnerability is key. And I think that's something that is a theme with Gary V. Is that it's okay to be vulnerable and, and share how you feel. What I'm also doing is giving you a minute to think about your full answer. <laughs> no, no, I know my answer right off the bat, um, but it does get me every time. So my mom passed in 2019. The last thing that she really said that she had to get out before she went was don't forget compassion. And I feel that all the time, right? If you're compassionate in business, if you're compassionate with yourself, things work out. And so that's the message I would give to you. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm happy and sorry for making you emotional. I'm happy that you're sharing something so close to your heart. And I know your mom is really proud of you. And you're setting an immediate example for all the young ladies, the middle ladies, the old ladies, young girls, and everyone out there. Where could folks connect with you? Where could they learn more about World of Women? Yeah, so worldofwomen.art is our website. And check us out, World of Women, at Instagram. And there you have it, folks. We are... <sighs> Take a deep breath. That was a great one. And we're going to air this one on both of our shows, the Web3 show, The Immutable Mindset, and this will certainly be a proper podcast episode for everyone out there. Please connect with Shannon. Please check out World of Women. Spread the good word. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>